in this house, believers all over the world. And I began to say to myself in my car that I wonder whether my people have the grasp of it. You know, before the end of the year, if you remember what God told me to teach you from the 25th of December, the first time in my life or ever I heard from any minister, Christmas message is always about the birth. But the Lord told us in last Christmas that this is not about the birth of Jesus. It's about you and prophetic. And I taught you and showed you in the Bible how you don't pray for prophecies to happen. But if you do not believe, you will not have expectation. And because many Christians do not hold in their hearts a faith on prophecy and expectation, they miss the timing. The angel said, blessed is, and the woman said, blessed is he that believeth, he will see the performance. The angel said, for with God all things are possible. And Jesus said, you know, all things are possible for those who believe. So when God spoke among you here, because you are used to apostle, many of you just had it and that was it. You didn't recognize it. But when that prophecy came God to Nigeria, it caused a revolution. Our minister's meeting was the most successful ever had. Really, let me say this to you. I told them in, in um, the, your brethren in the um, uh, cathedral. We have a new church in India, Pastor Kandaga. That Sunday, when I said I was going to Nigeria, they wrote me an email that night that they had that I was going to Nigeria. And in their service, they divided themselves into seven days of the week. That each group will pray for apostles each day. And they must pray for me until I arrive. I said, my God, this is the last baby of CFT. They just started this year. That Indian church, we started it this year. I said, Lord, let there be such awakening in these days. I was, I was so excited when I had them. I want you to lead the whole CFT global. I would together now. You know, it's easy that when a prophet is in the midst of people, people always miss it. That was the reason why in the book of Second Kings, a prophet was a very close friend of Elisha. And this prophet was so used to Elisha, though he was in death. But he did not see all his lifetime that Elisha was the solution to his death. And he went to death so much more that his children became debtors and his mother. But he was a good friend of Elisha. Now, the eyes of the prophet did not open to the knowledge. And when he died, he now left all his estates was in debt. All his children. And the debtors now came, the creditors now came to take the children away to serve against the death of their father. It was at that time the mind of the wife opened that, ah, what's the matter with us? How could my husband die and live so dead when we have a prophet called Elijah as a family friend? At the worst, he will introduce us to eminent personalities. He knows eminent personalities he can introduce us. So she went to Elisha, not expecting such manifestation. But maybe you give us connection or you help us or you borrow us some money. Elisha said to her, now you have recognized this. What do you have? Oh, she said, we have nothing. How could you be a friend of a prophet who has the power and the influence to talk to governments, to talk to royalties, to talk to the authorities, to talk to business people who can help you and you are saying you have nothing. And the woman said, we have nothing but a little verse of oil. And Elisha said, I know that God does not leave a leave man with nothing. He will always give you something. He said that little verse of oil you have is enough. I wondered what was going on in the mind of the woman. And then the prophet said that, go home, borrow barrels. He said, but not a few. Change your reasoning. Change your thinking. Don't think little anymore. Think big. Empty barrels. He said, what do I do with empty barrels? He said, when you have borrowed the empty barrels, take that little oil and pour it into them. 
and you will make the money. Now, for the first time, the mind of the woman opened so she could not question the authority of Elisha. Okay? That how can a small verse of oil feel? So he received his friend, not as a friend now, but as a prophet. That's the distinction. That brought an end to his poverty. There was another friend who is of Jesus Christ. Jesus went to this sea of Galilee and he saw people fishing. And Jesus said to one angry man who had been bankrupt and he he's toiled all night, he had caught nothing and he's angry and he's, you know, fed up. Who is that man? Oh, his name is Peter. It's okay. Peter, can you borrow me your, your boat? Peter said, borrow my boat. Well, Rabbi, you can have it. After all, I caught no fish. What do you want to do with the boat? We are washing our nets now. Say, I want to preach with your boat. Ah, if to do God's work, take Okay. He didn't see Jesus Christ as the Messiah. He saw him as one of the rabbis. Alright? And so, when Jesus finished preaching, Jesus said, Peter, jump into the boat now. It is your turn to do what? He said, get your net ready together. He says, cast into the deep. Peter said, Master, Rabbi, you are a clergyman. I am a fisherman. It is impossible at this season to catch fish. Understand those statements is a statement of somebody who does not really recognize the grace upon the other one. He thought he was talking as an ordinary person. So when prophets are given to people, the people who profess it in their midst often not recognize the grace. You know, Jesus said, do it. He said, well, I'll do it only because you, Rabbi, said it. Not because I know anything, but he said so. And he caught the fishes that he had never in his entire life. The Bible says that he caught the fishes so much. It's a miraculous thing that his own boat was filled up, which is physically impossible by one net. Okay? But then, in that one catch, he called all other boats, and they filled every boat and their boats were sinking. That tells you that it is not just a normal catch. That net produced fishes. As they were removing fish, fishes was coming, they were removing fish, fish until all their boats were sinking. Now when their boats are sinking because of catch, they have to stop filling the boats. I want to tell you in London, use the grace God has placed upon me in, you know, for this church. Use it. Serious use it. When God speaks something through me, write it down. You know, if you look upon the earth today, those of us that have access to the true voice of the Father are rare. Number one, we did not earn it by work. We were created by God for this dispensation to reveal Himself. And that's the reason why you must don't look at me as a look at pastor anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a look at pastor. So. And a father, yes. But when I shift and I'm talking God, let your ears be attentive. Also, when I'm talking to you naturally, you should be able to discern that when I speak by authority. Are you with me now? If I'm talking to you naturally, I'm just a father and stuff, but in our talk, the grace in me can strike because it can see a problem that you don't tell me. And when the grace in me operates, understand, I'll be talking mysteries. Things you haven't spoken to me, I'll be telling you. Okay? And I'll be telling you the solution and what, to have, what will happen about you. When I say that, be very attentive because if you ask me thereafter, I may not even know what I say. I will together now. So, the prophetic God gave us for this year, I want you all to listen to it and get what God said about you. Okay? So that your heart can expect it. So many things God said about you. Because what God said about nations, when God began to mention America, there will be a lot of disturbances in America, there will be, uh, he says that, you know, a, a threat will emerge in UK. 
isn't he said he will emerge which means a thread that you know had been lying follow and stuff then he says that paris he spoke about holland and germany but when he came to france he spoke about paris 48 hours he struck or, or 72 hours and that threat really went to the borders of holland and that threat also brought in an emerging threat in uk right now and then when i was watching the television i heard that one of the the great thrones has been changed. King Fahad is gone to his maker. But for you this morning, I tell you now, the crusade was fantastic. You know, I wanted Pastor Abuaba, who went with me, to come and discuss with us. I was so fulfilled. I didn't want to go to the crusade, to Lagos rather, not crusade, Lagos, because I didn't buy my ticket. Because I felt I would not go to any branch anymore unless that branch is going to use the grace of god upon me if it is just to go and anoint members i don't want to do that anymore okay because if i put in money to go to nigeria and all stuff like that it's a lot of money now at my time as well especially now i am studying so if i will go if it's just to anoint members it's it's a foolish decision so i call them uh, abuja Abuja said, I said, what do you prepare for me? Abuja said that, well, they just wanted me to come and anoint them on Sunday. I said, I'm not coming. Do it's in the calendar. I didn't want to tell them what to do. I wanted my members to recognize what they should do by the Spirit. So I told him I'm not coming. He said, they have been preparing for me. He said, you are not preparing for me. I said, anyone who prepares for me will pray. And when you prepare for me, you will recognize that my, my gift is not to be locked up in one local church. You are supposed to take me to the streets. To people who are hurting, people who have been abused by Satan. So that the grace in me can set them free. Say, so you didn't do that, I'm not coming. Then I called, I told Pastor Sidney, I'm not going at all to Nigeria. He said, ah, Lagos is preparing for you. I said, I haven't heard from them. So I called Lagos. And Lagos said, ah, they are, they are preparing an open-air crusade. When Pastor Dakwa said that open-air crusade, I said, don't tell me more, I am coming. If it's an open-air crusade, that's where I live, I am coming. But if it's just to come and lock me up in a church, anointing people, I've graduated, I've anointed you for years, you go and anoint your people. I've been laying hands on your own head for more than 20 years. So why am I coming to lay hands on people now? I said, you take the oil there. I will pray here and God's power will move there. So I said, open it. I said, yes, I'm going. But let me tell you this. We can never talk everything today because I want to share with you on something in line with the song you are singing is what God told me to share with you. I was happy when you are singing about you love the Lord so much. And that's what he told me to share with you. But he's told me to share with you the love of God. But you are talking about you love him. So we got to Nigeria. The, the minister's meeting was heavy. It was the most attended. Because the ministers came. Press came now. Also, the, the one of, guardian or something like that. One of the big papers. They wanted to know what God is saying about Nigeria. So we began to speak. They told me they have heard what God said about nations because I was careful not to mention Nigeria. I didn't, God told me many things about Nigeria. I don't want to speak it. I shared it with some people near to me. Because some of them, it will look as if I'm influencing the nation. Some of them will look as if I'm causing, I'm threatening people because the heart of people will fail if I told them some of the things that will happen in Nigeria. I think I mentioned it a little bit here. So, we went to Abuja, on, or we arrived on Tuesday, flew to Abuja on Wednesday. We had the min, uh, anointing for them <laughs> on Wednesday, you know, to satisfy their curiosity. Then we, we ministered to them. Then came back on Thursday morning from the airport to the seminar. We left at 5 a.m. or so. Entered the seminar. We were ministering the seminar till 6 in the evening. So for that period, we had only two hours sleep within 48 hours. And I thought I'd be very tired. Really, I was. But when I said, Lord, I'm tired, my body is weary. By the time I mounted the microphone, they gave me a chair to sit, expecting that I was tired. And the Spirit of God came upon me. All the pains and tiredness vanished. So I stood for another eight hours teaching the Word of God. 
But you know, when, you, when God does things like that, it is not for natural, it's for spiritual. The people came, ministers from various churches. Their church was flooded. And as I was speaking, God said to me, that concerning Nigeria, the power that is, there was a shoot that grew. It has grown for a season and half a season. And that shoot shall die at the end of half a season. And behold, a new shoot shall come forth. And the rising of that shoot is so warm and so pleasant to man. For it shall look like a food, a meal for man. And everybody will derive pleasure and satisfaction. But as soon as it begins to grow the leaves, one year after it's thrown, it shall become a blade. The leaves shall become a blade that pierces the skin of man to their bone marrows. And then the judgment shall begin in the nation of Nigeria, 2016. And men will wail and they will cry. It is the season they are about to enter. And God began to speak about all these issues of Boko Haram and the things God said, if you look at now Boko Haram stuff, it is interesting. Even I was told today by one of the members that they invaded a camp where his own brother is and the brother now and others are running in the bush for their life in Bruno State. Now if you say it doesn't concern you, we have a member here now sitting in this service whose brother now is on the run in the bush, okay, who had called her. The camp they were, the book around when they are just this overnight. His brother, her brother and her sister in the bush. But the king of heaven, who was the compass of Israel, from Egypt to Canaan in the bush, he will send his holy angel to take those people to their destination. I promise you I was going to the book around. The nearest I got to them was, was, was Abuja. I didn't bother myself on this screen because while I was going to the airport, I spoke to a minister here who has just returned from the Boko Haram region. He's holding a meeting with me this week to give me information about the locations where the ministers who are there are and my next trip will be to go and visit them in that region. Because we cannot all neglect them and keep praying for them. We are going to be collecting uh, you know, fund here and buy beds and buy things, practical things they need, load at uh, trailer in Lagos and we take these things that they need, clothes and shoes and all stuff and we take it to them while I will hold meeting with them to strengthen them and help them know what the plans of God is because it will, I told you that Boko Haram will be quelled in the north, did I not tell you? But remember, the Lord said it will be quelled in the north but I saw it grow like a fire to the south. And the smoke of wood just sprang out all over the whole south. And south was in chaos. Remember I told you that. Now the chaos that it will cause in the south is not the scale of what they have done in the north. Because that will, it is that what that will bring the operations to an end. But not without that. Unless... If the leaders of the churches in Nigeria will gather themselves together and turn to the Lord in a convocation and call a holy convocation for the nation of Nigeria, this word shall come to pass very shortly. But then, we're going back there. Now Lagos. On the first day in Lagos, when I was preaching, we had it an open air in uh, the Nigerian Institute of Journalism, their school. And you know, Friday was the first day, isn't it? Mama? Don't worry. We have been out since five in the morning. Today. Our, our house is a village. <laughs> Far away from London. So, whatever the case may be. Three people give their lives to Christ on the first day because you know that day is a very busy day. People come very late. And on that day, as I do, I began to challenge all the powers in the, in the area. And I told them, if anybody is in this area now, 
that has demonic power or believes in occultism and believe in voodoo and stuff, I beg them to come and test it. That this crusade is a different crusade. Usually you are used to crusade when a crusader will preach Jesus and go. I, I preach Jesus and I put Jesus to test. I told them if anybody is hearing me, I know our, my, our speakers is like the one in cathedral. You can hear me three miles to five miles through. So I did that because I wanted them to come. All those who have demonic powers and babalaos and voodoo and all witchcraft. Because they make my crusade good when they come. People who afflict people who are angry that one man is blabbing nonsense and they want to come and test the powers. When I have things like that, that's when you see some part of me. If you go with me on the trip, really, some of you, when that part of me manifests, you'll be so scared. You won't be able to come near me. It happened again and again. Is it not a person we are talking together? <laughs> and so the second day, the crusade increased. And God did heal people. Many people on first day, second day, heal many people. And more people give the... When I was preaching on the second day, in the midst of my mercy, people started running out to come and accept Jesus without altar call. And they started running out and the place was filled. We had a good fun, isn't it? And then people who have been bound by Satan started coming and God began to deliver them. Now, there is a particular case that repeated itself in each of the days. These people came and said that they were fired with the arrow of Satan. Alright? And I will tell you how that works. Because I came from that background. I know how it works. When they are fired by the arrow of Satan, it is the witches that do that or occults. What happens is that something will hit their body like a dart. And it will become an excruciating pain that will go right through and penetrate into their, into their uh, body, bones and stuff. But when they look at the place as at the time, they quickly respond by touching it and scratching it, they will find a spot. But that spot will have seven, seven pinholes. That is where it is different from somebody have a um, um, boil. It will look like a small boil. It will have seven holes anytime it happens. By 24 hours, that tiny little boy will have grown big. And it will be growing big, bigger and bigger by the day, astronomically. It is not an area medical science understands ever. And the don't of it is to operate it. If they put knife on that man, he would die right at the spot. How is this done? This is how it's done. Somebody in the occult world will take alligator, the pepper called alligator, and they will take the seed inside it. Okay? And that seed, they will say some incantation and put the seed in their lips. Hmm? And when they say the incantation and invoke the spirit of whoever they want to shoot, whether it's, an, it's in America or Europe, it doesn't matter. Once that image appears, either on a crystal board or on a calabash in water or on a mirror, they will go... Once they steal that, that uh, pepper out of their mouth, wherever it hits that person in the image, if it's on the head or the arm or the leg, anywhere it hits, that person will just feel an impact on that part of his body, wherever he may be in the world. And then it will begin to generate, you know, grow by the day, by the hour really. It's only Jesus that can deliver a man from it. Of course, anyone that such will affect maybe somebody who is not born again or a born again that follows the world pattern. You know, one of the things they did this week in the book of Nehemiah, I wanted mom to come and teach all of you Nehemiah. The last chapter of Nehemiah 13, he spoke about a time that Nehemiah had left and the people of God, like the church, became wayward. And their children were following the world. Cut your hair in a funny shape. It is tired. <laughs> and then Satan strike them 
And then the parents, they spoke the language of the world, and their parents will start to look for prayer. It is not easy to undo devil, but it's easy to prevent him. You, you hold the article of Satan, he will finish you. You become a casualty. You fast and pray, he will not solve it because you are disobedient to your God anyway. Aha. So, that affliction can only catch people who, if you say you are born again, if you do not walk in the way of the church and you talk like the people of the world, all the celebrities you know, you don't know even where Nehemiah is in the Bible. But when you talk about celebrities, you can tell us about the date of birth, their relationship that is useless, every information about them. But when they talk about the Bible, when they say, open the book of Haggai, you will say, hey, what? You know the Hague, but you don't know Hague. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. When the Bible says, study the word of God, let the word of God richly dwell in you, especially when you are a youth, or you are a Christian, so-called, but you are sleeping around. I, I was sharing that on Sunday. Unfortunately, on Friday, unfortunately, you know, Satan don't, he loves people who say they, they are Christians, but they do anything. Satan loves them. Because whenever those who are faithful destroy his work, he will look for one useless guinea pig to avenge his vengeance. That's the reason why Christians can build success. Do everything to be successful. The last minute, something will happen and they will fail woefully. It's the devil. But devil can have access to you unless you open the doors. I would gather now. And many of us use wrong medication. Those who are doctors will tell you, even from my native language, we know that you cannot use codeine to heal lakpa lakpa. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody is having ringworm and he's using codeine or paracetamol for ringworm. Doctor, does he heal paracetamol? Real ringworm? Ah, are we together now? You want protection of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, He that dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide at the shadow. How do you dwell in the shelter of the Most High? By obeying the Word of God. Not being a Christian in church. Everything the Bible says don't do, you do. You remember Exodus 19? If you fully what? Obey me. So people who have arrows like that, God allowed the arrow to send them to Jesus. Hebrew tells us so. If you're a Christian and you find your life messed up, what do you do? You cry, you know the way to your God. You first search yourself. Really, you, you will search what should not be searched. Hallelujah, somebody. And so this is how this thing happens. Another way it happens is that they will say some incantation in the wilderness and they will call the name of the person. And that person, wherever he is in the world, will hear their voice. They call somebody in African bush. The person is in America. As they call him, he will answer in America. Because we hear, it will seem as if somebody is calling you beside you physically. Alfred! Really, those demons always simulate the voice of somebody you know to activate it. So the person who said the incantation is in the bush in Africa. And when he calls you like that, call the person like that, the person will hear someone call him and say, Yes! He will shoot his gun in that bush. Bah! A dang gun. And when he puts the gun to the ground, the nose of the gun, physical blood will come out of it. Then he will know that that person has been struck. You know, it's not by mistake God allowed me to be born in the family that do evil. So that you can be wiser. If when he put that gun down, no blood, then he missed his target. He will try it again. But when he put the gun down, blood comes out of the gun, physical blood. That person will just, as he has answered, he will just hear, uh, you know, notice that something hits a part of his body. Oh, what is this? What is this? 
When he removes his clothes, he will see that little bump with seven spots. Those things are sent to kill. They will subject that person to excruciating pain that cannot be explained by medical analysis. And then eventually after tormenting him for years. What is responsible? The moment that that is done, a spirit of hell enters the body and forms that scar, that very, you know, spot. It's a demon. Because it has entered. And that demon will continue to torment the person until he dies. But God healed those who were afflicted with that and delivered them in this Lagos crusade. Instantly. So, you know, when I commanded, one of them said, when I said that the arrows of Satan should come out of people's body and enter the ground, he said his, his eyes opened. He saw that arrow coming out of him and enter the ground. He said, ah, pain vanish. The pain that he had been having to the bone disappeared. The man jumped. He's an old man. He jumped for joy. When he began to give his testimony, incredible. And on the last day, God gave us a cream on the top by healing two blind men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah forevermore. One of the blind was totally blind in one of the eyes and the pastor was there. The pastor said, what? He doesn't see. We know it. And the man was totally healed. Now tell me that this is not the year of glory. I will ask you, where is the year? <laughs> the Lord showed, excuse me, and told us that the eagles have, shall fly again. You are now flying. Some other time we talk more about Lagos. Let me talk to you about you. God to God to loves you. I will just talk to you about five minutes because I have to go now. Next Sunday we carry on. God loves you so much. Listen to me. Some of us are disobedient. Okay? But God still loves you. God didn't love you. Now, let me say this. God didn't love us because we were well behaved. You have been reading Psalm 145, isn't it? You remember in Psalm 145, it says that he loves all his creation. Correct? And it says that all creation called to him, including the Boko Haram of Nigeria and the Isis of Syria, and he provides food for them. Including the witches of Great Britain and the wizards of Casadega in America. Murderers in the Jebu forest in Nigeria who use babies and fetus for sacrifice. People who take babies and pound them alive in the mortar until they cry until they die and they melt into, into powder. God still loves those people. How can you explain to me that God who loved the wicked man? You know, those of you who are born and grown here, the power of Satan over the Western world is delusion. It, del- it deludes their mind so that they will call black white and white black. By being trying to be politically correct, compromise the trueness of God. But yet God loves you. Because of that, many of you don't understand who the devil is. The devil that you are told is a, is a, is a white collar devil, gentleman wearing suit going to the city and, you know, is harmless. You know, Ouija board is not a problem. You know, it's just a board. And all the articles of Satan is nothing. But I believe God will help us to help you. There is a God in heaven who loves all mankind. But let me say this to you. The distinction between the love of God for mankind and the love of God for those who have accepted Jesus Christ. There is a marginal difference. Evidence that he loves you. Look at the book of Genesis 1, verse 26. In God's primary intention of creating man. It says, and God said, let us make man in our own image. Alright? In our likeness. So God's original intention for human beings is to be God on earth. 
And God has not changed that intention. He hasn't. Let us make money now. We'll imagine our likeness and let them rule. So the purpose of which God created you and I is to be rulers. Rule means be in control of your life, your body, your mind, your heart. Not to be living a life that in few years time you always regret your past. God doesn't want us to be like that. God wants us to be God on earth. He intends to create a God. So he made you. And he made you just like him. How he looks, you look. You have hands, you have nose. I was listening to Jim Reeves yesterday. He says, we thank you for the sun and the moon. He thanked God for the fishes of the river. He thanked God for the leaves and the birds that fly. He thanked God for the morning and the night and the stars. And then he says, I thank you for the eyes you have given me to see them. Listen to me. God has eyes, you have eyes. God can create, you can create. God is in control of his creation. You can be in control of your life, your mind, your future. Now, it says it he, 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 he said, let them rule and over the fish of the sea, of the birds of the air, over the livestock, over every earth, over all the creatures that move upon the earth. Do you know on the third day in my crusade, the devil showed up and God gave him a beating. Thorough one! <laughs> when I began to preach and I was here, <laughs> I said, you don't come. <laughs> that means presence, sir. Like I told them the first day that this, all these wicked people, they say, God, they are stupid. They didn't come home. I said they should come. You have voodoo. Come and try it. On the third day. An African man speaking Chinese. I said something is happening here. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> I said leave her alone. The ushers went to try and catch her. You can't catch her. Go like that. Holy Ghost, don't do like that. <laughs> I said, the Holy Spirit is dealing with that woman. Leave the woman alone. So when I went by, passed by her, as I passed by her and I spoke, she went, yeah, yeah good. The, the child that didn't learn lesson is from outside. They teach him lesson. The Bible says that the children of God were gathered. Satan was also gathered. And God said, what are you doing here? God has given us the power to rule over everything, including demons. Okay? If you look at verse 27, it says, And then God established what he has proposed. In 26, he said, Let us make man, just like us. And then 27, he said, And God created them, male and female. You, either you are a gender male or gender female, God made you. In his very express image. There was no man and woman was equal. There was no um, you know division in their equality. Okay? They don't have need to walk. They feed by God. They are like God. God don't, don't need meal to live. You know? But then in verse 28 haven't God created them? God blessed them. So if you look at these three things, God intended to create man because he loves to do that. No man and it. We were not righteous because we didn't exist. He then made us, he planned to make us like himself, to make us genius, to make us like God. Okay? God cannot fail. God cannot be sick. He made us just like him. Then, he now made us. And when he finished making us, he now pronounced upon us the blessing. The blessing is God releasing the power and the authority from his word, his mouth, into what he had made. Man, bless them. You know what blessing does? It makes you what he's saying. That is what blessing does. Blessing is ability 
that will make a man become like what he's saying. Curses too is an ability that makes Satan make you know make somebody Satan will make somebody what the curse is saying. And when you bless God, will make somebody what God is saying. So God blessed us. But if we look at the blessing God blessed us, let us look at it. Be fruitful. That's what it says. And now be fruitful is not just talking about your body. It's talking about everything. Everything. Be fruitful in everything, in everything, in everything. Be fruitful. Because God is fruitful. Fruitful in what he does. Fruitful in his mind. Fruitful in his body. Everything is fruitful. It says, be fruitful, I love that, and increase in number. And that is talking about now multiplication of the fruit of your body, giving back to children, children, giving back to children, giving back to children, multiply. We'll talk to you more about that next week, I suppose. It says, feel the earth, and I love the last word, subdue, or be in control. Be in control. I was holding meetings with the planning committee of the anniversary um, two days ago. And I began to look at what each person has achieved and told them what I expect to be achieved in the next one week. And somebody said to me that, can that be possible with me? And I said to her that when I'm talking about what we do, you don't ask questions whether it's possible. Possibility is decision of man. When I say we will do this, we will do this, we will do this in one week. What you can tell me is how, not whether it's possible. If it's not possible, you know what I told you? If it is thinkable, and so I told them what we would do and when to do what. And then yesterday I met one of them and we began to discuss, uh, to look into their own area, those who are doing magazine, what they have done and all stuff like that. Okay, now let us look at your magazine and, and trash it. And I began to tell them how we will sort the magazine out, the layout and stuff, what should be in each section and each page, what concept. And I told them that all the leaflets you design in CFT, because they said to me, oh, well, you will give this to the uh, uh, publisher and they will work it. I said, I don't work like that. If you look at my leaflets, if you find anybody on earth that does better, that does good, it will be equal from corporate organization in this world. Because, I told them, I don't tell publishers, just go and do me a leaflet. I tell you what is in my brain. What I can see that you cannot see. Okay? I will tell you the layout of what my leaflet should look like. Because I can see it. When they design it, I look at it and I correct it. That's not, you haven't gotten what I want. Until they get everything I want to the specification and to my imagination. Every leaflet in this church. Magazines and everything. Then they will go and produce it. And when I came from Nigeria, within two days, we did a production that went to the press yesterday for the paper. And when we're talking about them, I said, okay, for you, this is what I want to go and do. You will do this, we will do this, we will do this, we need this, we need this. We, we have so many things that we need. And you know, the sister said to me, that Apostle, how do you get these things done? How do I get it done? How? How do I get it done? If it is thinkable. All the people that you send materials to them, this one hasn't sent material, yes. This one, what about this? Hasn't, I said, okay, let me show you how we do it. The one who hasn't sent material to you from Nigeria, I took my phone, phoned the person. I was told that they have asked you for material. You have sent them written, but no. What did you send? What did you, have you not sent? I said, I haven't sent photograph. I said, I give you 24 hours. It should be on my table. Yes, sir. I said, that's how we get things done. Okay? How we get it done? I understand what I should do, my role. I write out the plans and apportion each person his area to operate. And I set time for them to finish it. And I will revisit each one. How far have you gone? And if they have not gone far, I will override their interest and get it done. And tell them, carry on. Look, the 24 hours in a day 
is enough to do 24 things. One thing for one hour. We got everything sorted. Why? Because there is a God who said, He created us to multiply, increase the number, fill the earth, and subdue, be in control. Rule over fish of the seas, over the birds of the air, over every living creature that moves on the ground. We have the power to be in control as God. But if you look at chapter 3, man lost it. Okay? We'll talk more about that. The reason why you and I have problem is because we lost it in chapter 3. We came from the man who failed. The man was influenced by the wife, so that was the beginning of the, the, the differences between man and woman. Because when God spoke to the woman, he said, your desire shall be for your husband. That brought her lesser than a man. But he said to the man, because you have done this, you will toil with sweat and you will get little. And from that day, man never amounted to his full potentials. We have to work towards it. But Abel said it to that man, it went on for 4,000 years and then God himself came in the form of a man. Because the ultimate intention of God is that man will become like him. And we call him Jesus. And when he came, he lived as a man to fulfill Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And then I will live as a man. And he fulfilled all. He died as a man. He resurrected as a God. Then he said, anyone that will come through this means back to God shall be restored to the original of God. This is God. Man in his effort could never fulfill verse 26 and verse 28. So, therefore, as many who believed in him, who received him, God gave them what? The power to be what? Sons of God. Sons born not of this human descent. Ye are gods when you are, getting, when you are born again. Let me say something to you. You said to me that, but why am I struggling? That is the reason why the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter, chapter 1 verse, 9, uh, verse uh, 16 that you have the mind of Christ, isn't it? God gave you the mind of Christ. You have your own human mind that is debased. But he gave you the mind of Christ. Now let me say this to you, therefore. That's the reason why the major problem of a man is to drop your human mind, which you were born with, and run with the new mind, the mind of Jesus Christ. Look up to me. I want all eyes open and all focus on me. If you carry sickness in your body, you have no glory in sickness. Because the one who born you again does not fall sick. When sickness comes to your body, therefore, he had made a way of escape for you to call in his name and you will be healed in his name. You are confused? He has given you the Holy Spirit to call in His name and you have direction. Listen to me. Use God. He loves you. But those who live in glass house don't throw stones. Someone was asking me, a good number of you asked me this question. Apostle, how do you see? How I see? When I remove my glasses, I see. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Listen to me. Anything the Bible did not apportion to me is not my portion. Hello? How do you know a dog as when he was born? He goes, yeah, yeah, like a big dog. How do you know a lion? He goes, yeah. A cop. And then other than I go, yeah. Then other than I go, yeah. And then when the time is come, when he says, every animal in the whole forest will start running at a skelter. Because they recognize that voice. 
Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. You must speak his voice. You must speak his voice. Like a tender shoot he grew. People did not understand. That is you and I. When the fullness of time came, he walked in the will of the Father. And when the fullness of time came, when he manifested, the whole world knew this is the Messiah. Now, let me say this to you, stop it. God loves you so much. Especially those of you who are born again. But if God loves us so much, and he did everything for us, how could we receive the love? It's only by serving Him and loving Him. You know something? There is a, an adage in my dialect. It says, Kirakitaudola. The meaning of that is the race is not meant for the swift. Ecclesiastics 5 and 9, 11. Okay. The race is not meant for the swift, and the battle not for the strong. But then if you look at chapter 5, verse 10, it says when the axe is dull, it takes harder power. Listen to me, all of you. Do make every effort to add to any value you have in life this year. Because God loves you. If God loves us so much, and we know that to sin will bring shame on Him. Run from sin. Not only that, it will bring misery on the sinner. You should have given me long ago, I should have finished. It's not 10 minutes, I should have finished 10 minutes ago. They are giving me time. And say 10 minutes more. When already I have overspent my time by 20 minutes. Eh? Now listen to me. This is it. God did all this for us. And his heart is panting for us to be what he wants. But we will, will we let him by obeying him. The, what God needs from us is simple obedience. And what God tells you to obey is for you. If I love everyone, I'll be loved by everyone. Alright? Let's assume that I love everybody. And a percentage decides to pay me evil for, for my good love. That percentage is insignificant because more people love me. No be so. Don't, don't you love me? And let me look at your mouth as you are talking there. If you love people, they love you. So, those who will not love you back are irrelevant. Irre, they call them. They are irre. Someone says that, who are you? What I am or who I am is <laughs> not determined by your, your feeling. You can feel I am anything. That's your head, my friend. I am what I am, not by what you are thinking about me. Hello? How someone speak about me? He says something about me. Ah, people have mouth to be reckless. And the Bible says everybody will give account to every reckless word. Jesus says so. Don't you think that if you are reckless, you will go scot-free? Let them wreck their lives. Hallelujah, somebody. I cannot be moved by... Is Jesus moved by those who say he's not the son of God? Have you seen Jesus one day and say that? I'm angry with all these people who say I'm not the son of God. Even if... if, if Jesus will even go and appear to them and save them. Is that not interesting? Why should you be moved by what people say about you? As somebody who has good record about you. His name is God. If you fail and you fall and people downtrodden you and they will never forget your failure and your falling, look at Psalm 145 in closing. You remember I told you about Psalm 145? How does God see a fallen man or a failure? He says, verse 14, The Lord upholds all those who fall and lift up all who are down. 
Are we together now? So you have a God that gives you second chance. Don't look for a third chance. Because you know that your, your disobedience of yesterday and your regrets of today. So now, don't disobey him again. So that you will not have a regret of tomorrow. Are we together now? Before I stop, look at somebody and say, God loves you. I want to see in this church pure love from heaven. Let me say this to you. As apostles love the members of this church, you must love one another. Uh, you know, the love I'm talking about, I'm talking about the love of God that overlooks errors. I told you, if I'm passing here now and there is a screen, and somebody is talking wrong about apostle in the other side, lying about me, saying no manners of things, apostle is this, apostle is that, their children are this, their wife is that, and I had. And then we got out there, and the person came out and said, Oh, hello, Apostle, how are you? I would say, yeah, how are you, dear? How is everything going? Oh, he said, fine. I said, the Lord called you to bless you. I will not say I had what you said. Why should I say so? The Bible says whatsoever is good. If I were good, I want to live long. One of the medicines of longevity is to think well. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if I said, I had all what you said, what have I started? I've drawn a battle line. And I'm also leading someone to lie because that person will lie. That he, ah, no, 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 no. It was another apostle we are talking about, not your own apostle. <laughs> and the Bible says, woe to he that make the list of these songs to fall. Uh, one of the songs of Jerusalem says that, Lord, forgive me for the people I have led astray. It says those that I have led astray, not knowingly. He says, Lord, forgive me. That's one of his songs. Why should I ask him? When the Bible says, try to be at peace with all men and be holy without holiness, no man shall see God. So, holiness is not just act. He's talking about seeking peace first. So, anything that I know that will give me pieces, I ignore it. It did not happen. That's why I said that, but did you not hear what he said about you? He didn't say so. What he said is just the last one. He said that everything is fine. That's what I had. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. You want to see? That is the way to sight. You want God to show you things beyond naked eyes? That is the root to it. Hmm. That is a God who loves you and he wants you to be like him. Let me tell you a little story I shared with you on Friday. Holy Ghost always excites me and I love it. But my mind is what I'm telling you. My wife will tell you that. My children will tell you that. For me, somebody offend you. Why are you looking for offense? Why did you see offense? Yeah, people do offend you, really. Isn't it? There are some people, they just want to provoke you. Do you know why they keep on doing Satan keep on making them do that? Because you have paid attention to the first provoke or provocation. <laughs> So when you pay one attention, Satan will give you more attention. He give you more. So how can he get more attention of you? Provoking you more. Provoking you more. But if people do bad to you and you bless them and you do good things, and you never mention it, even if they try to say, "Oh, please, I'm sorry," you didn't do anything. Don't worry. And you mean it. It's not the kind of saying that. Well, hmm, you didn't do anything, but that's not it. That's not it. Someone says that I'm sorry. Okay. What else do you want to hear? Then you say that that sorry is not from your heart. Are you God? <laughs> when did you become God? Who sees the heart of other people so that you can judge between sorry and, <laughs> and sorrow? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I'm sorry. Is I'm sorry. End of story. Somebody came to me. One day. And he entered. Apostle, Apostle, you are the man of God. I've been watching your program. The Lord bless you. You know? And he began to talk about the anointing. When somebody is praising me without any talk, that's introduction. 
I'm very careful. You have just come before me. And you are praising me like that. So, I said, God, this cannot be genuine. Genuine people don't just do things like that. They appreciate you, but... I said, yes. So, what can I do for you, gentleman, young man? He, he said, I said, sit down. I said, I can't sit down, sir. I can't sit down, sir. I said, okay. So, what is the issue? He said, I, I've, come to, I've come to tell you that I want to marry your daughter. Yes, one of the members of the church. All the girls in the church are my daughters. Even if you don't treat me as your father, you are still my daughter. And the day you come and treat me like your father, I will see your father. He said, it's my daughter. It's my daughter. I raised her from the age of 18 when she joined this church. And at the time, she was about 41 or so. Or 40. And unmarried. So, oh, I said then, if that be the case, see, he has, the man is so tall, taller than the lintel. He had prostrated to the ground. He had stood up. I said, okay, now, sit down. Sit down. I said, do you know me? He said, I watch your program all the time. Even talked about some of the program you watch. I said, okay. You want to marry my daughter? He said, yes. I said, did my daughter tell you who his father, her father is? He said, yes. I said, okay. Now tell me, how did you meet? But when he was talking, and we were talking, I also was talking to my sender. The one who loves me. The one for whom I live. He speaks. And man can hear. And when I was talking to the Lord, when he finished, as he was speaking, the Lord opened my eyes and I saw a boy about five years old standing beside him. Ah! I said, oh God. <laughs> stop. He was in my office up there. I said, stop, stop, stop. I said, this one we are talking is good though. I said, what about this five-year-old young man standing beside you? He first was shocked to his spine. I was saying in my heart that I told you you didn't know me. <laughs> you thought you did. He said, eh, eh, Daddy, I have told your daughter that I have a son. And you know that boy, you know, I, was, I gave back to the boy. Uh, the mother gave back to the boy. Uh, many years ago, I was just committing sin. You know, the committing sin. And then the pregnant and blah, blah, blah. It's even good that he didn't commit a murder. Because somebody pregnant and destroys a man you killed. So, I said, that is very good. That is very good. He said, I told her, and I said to, the sister, to my daughter, the sister, did, she, did he tell you? Who said, yeah, he said, he told me. Ah. I said, oh. That must be my daughter who didn't listen to my voice. So, I now said, all right. Because I haven't had any other thing. I said, when last did you see this woman? Ah, he said three years ago. He said, I only send money to her regularly to maintain. Ah, and the Lord did this to my eyes. <laughs> and I saw a man, him, as tall as he is. And he walked to a house. And he put his hand in his pocket, brought out the key, and opened the door. And he entered. And this is the woman. Hi, hello, and hugged the woman. And I said, Oga, three years ago, you went to the house of the woman. I said, yes, sir. Ah. I said, I know a man who went last week. And he has key in his hand. And he opened the door. And the woman hugged him. A person who does not go to the house of a woman, how can he possess the key to the entrance? Now you understand, understood, he was shaking, like a leaf. I said, bro, I told you you don't know Apostle Williams, you see. You see me on television, it's different from the man you are seeing here. I said, tell her the truth. And if she decides to see, go ahead, the Lord bless thou. And the man was looking. Nobody talked to anymore. So when nobody talked, I have to break the eyes. I said, well, I'm finished. Whether he got up, he vanished through the wall or through the door, 
He did not remember to prostrate again. <laughs> and after he left, I called my daughter. Come and see me. When I said, all my labor over you. Can't you see? Can't you see? When a woman meets a man and starts sleeping with a man, she's foolish. Foolish. And the man too is stupid. Yeah, the man is stupid. The wife, the woman is foolish. Because when a woman opens her nakedness anyhow, she loses her value. Because there are second thought that she can be doing that to other men. And the other thought is that where is her pride? It's gone. Out of the window. And I told this lady what I saw about her. She had been sleeping with the man. And I told her, don't put your head in that. You will die. Few weeks after, she left the church. Then, people were asking, were asking, and asking, and she had stories. The stories came back to me. Then one, the mommy called her and said, you can't do this. You know, I mean, we raised you here. Why did you leave? He said, when the person I called my father didn't know how to talk to me. And I was there when she was saying it. But she didn't know I was hearing on the phone. So when she said that, she said, alluded that she was in the choir. She was in the choir, of course. She said the way I talked to her in the choir. So I now told mommy that when she dropped the phone. I said, Iyegbe Moyomotobi. The meaning is that your lady knows the number of people in her association. I said, look, let me tell you now. Let me tell you what happened to her. Because I never shared it with my wife. I now told her the story. I said, but you see, I don't have hurt against her. She only chose not to listen to me. In the future, she will come back with tears. And I will receive her. And remind her, did I not tell you? The way to where I am in God is your mindset. Why should God open the eyes of a man? Your mind said. You love the Lord, then obey Him. Let's stand up together and pray.